Welcome back to WWC. I'm your host, Will Wright. Seeking always to be faithfully Catholic, proudly American, and prudently conservative, and uh, always seeking to seldom affirm, never deny, and always make a good distinction because distinctions are the spice of life. Welcome back. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, We're glad to have you. Today we are talking about the perfect as the enemy of the good. Or rather, asking the question, is the perfect the enemy of the good? If you struggle with perfectionism or scrupulosity in any way, this episode hopefully will be a great blessing to you. Uh, Even if you don't suffer from those things, uh, I hope that you'll still take away something of inspiration. If you do find it useful, please, please, please uh, share this on your social media. Send it in an email or a text message, snail mail, however you want to get the word out. I would greatly appreciate it. I really want this platform to bless others. All right, let's get to it. The French philosopher Voltaire famously quipped, Le mieux est l'ennemi du bien, which means in French, the perfect is the enemy of the good. And it would seem that the great American author John John Steinbeck agrees with this. He wrote this. He said, and now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Confucius is contributed with something similar. He said, better a diamond with a flaw than a pebble without. Shakespeare wrote in King Lear, striving to better, oft we mar what's well. George Orwell more recently wrote, the essence of being human is that one does not seek perfection. So the greatest human being to ever live is divine person, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said this in Matthew, uh, St. Matthew's Gospel 548. He said, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So is the perfect actually the enemy of the good or is perfection really the goal? Because it seems that Christ is asking for perfection from us. Interestingly, this passage follows directly after the Christian call of Christ to love our enemies. All cultures say that we have to love our neighbor even as ourself. This is the golden rule shared by almost every culture in human history. But this call to love even your enemy is impossible. A few weeks from now, I plan on talking about forgiveness, and we're going to dive into that quite a bit. And that is, uh, it's impossible to love your enemy without the divine who is perfect. So can then the call to perfection be reconciled with the seemingly ubiquitous notion that the perfect is the enemy of the good? And I would say absolutely. And the key is in the view of perfection, which Jesus gives us. See, Christ does not ask us to be perfect on our own accord. He asks us to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. It's precisely by a participation with the divine that we can hope to be perfect. And apart from him, we have no hope. So rooted in this humility, this this understanding of who we are before God, knowing that we're not God, we can begin to grow in self-knowledge. And this self-knowledge is actually what leads to our personal improvement, but it requires us to cooperate with God's grace. If you're not a believer, then perhaps what I'm saying makes, makes no sense. But let me put it to you this way. You and I aren't perfect. If you have any sense of self, you know this is true. So in your mind, using your power of abstraction, try to hold in your mind not something that's simply good or even better, the comparative, 
but the superlative, the absolute best. So this sheer perfection that we're holding on our mind, trying to, the best is God for whatever quality we might be speaking of. This is too simplistic because God is personal, but this might help us contextualize what I'm trying to get at about the good, the better, and then the best, which is God. So if God is the absolute best in the virtue in which we're trying to improve, then he's also the goal. Not only that, if he's the creator and sustainer of all things, then he's the one who moves an act to its completion. So to be perfect is to be with he who is perfect every step of the way. This means that the important thing is not our perfection at any particular moment, but it's our striving. It's our striving for communion. It's our striving to be with God, to be like God. But that's all his grace that we are cooperating with. But by aiming correctly at the goal and cooperating with the perfect good, then we're on the right track. I would argue that this means more to people innately than even achieving the goal, right? The journey uh, is worth more than even the goal that is sought after, the treasure. So we are more compelled. I mean, think about this. Any story that you've read, any movie that you've watched, we are more compelled by a hero suffering willingly to overcome an obstacle than we are to even see the hero win. So what do we mean by the perfect is the enemy of the good? Well, the enemy of the good is not the perfect. For the perfect one, capital P, capital O, is the good itself, capital G. So what is the enemy of the good? Well, I would say it's perfectionism. Perfectionism is a form of Pelagianism, an ancient heresy, which can be described like this, where you're you're kind of picking yourselves up by your spiritual bootstraps, and you're, you're willing yourself to be better. The idea is that simply by just trying harder, the perfectionist believes that they can actually attain perfection. And certainly the perfect ideal must be taken into account. Otherwise, what are we going to be aiming at as a goal or a terminus or a design? If we don't measure up to that perfection, then we have a few different courses of action. We can discern the path that we're pursuing as not the right one. We could continue to try, try again, or we can despair. We can resolutely continue to strive. So there's all different courses of action, but how can we know what to do? Well, we can be sure that we're on the right course only if we're sure of what we are aiming at. In the absence of a target, an arrow is flying through the air. Uh, that, would, that would be a hazard, right? If we're not aiming at the target, it could go anywhere. But if we're certain that our target is worthwhile, then despair is not an option. Quitting is not an option. If the target is worthwhile, then continued striving is the proper course of action. It's the only course of action. It should be. So really, it's not about being perfect. It's about being with the perfect. So to be perfect is to be with the perfect rather than being the perfect. So as we seek a goal, no matter how big or small, we need to ensure that it is well-ordered to the highest good who alone is perfect. And we shouldn't really be asking, what do I want? That's not the question to ask in order to aim, because we'll often get the wrong answer. We're very good at tricking ourselves. Instead, we should be asking, what does God want for me? And if this notion of God makes you uncomfortable, maybe you're not a believer, then ask this subordinate question. Where does the wisdom of the ages tell me that I should aim? 
See, human nature does not change. The societies and cultures over many millennia bear with them a great deal of wisdom for us to harvest. It is a great pride and absolutely ridiculous to think that those who came before us don't have anything to teach us. To be with the perfect is to allow ourselves to be given wisdom, accept it, and apply it. And those who attempt to make their own perfection inevitably will choose wrongly. That's just part of the fallen world in which we live. So the perfect is the enemy of the good when the perfection comes from within us. The UK author Paul Arden in his book, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be, writes this. He said, too many people spend too much time trying to perfect something before they actually do it. Instead of waiting for perfection, run with what you've got and fix it along the way. Now, I'm I'm certainly not endorsing doing something dangerous without a plan. There is a lot of truth, however, to what Mr. Arden has written. This really gets to the heart of what most people mean when they say the perfect is the enemy of the good. They mean that an idea can die in committee before it ever gets put into practice. A project might continue to percolate until all of the passion in it is completely gone from that. Uh, We can see this when perhaps somebody is trying to work on a project or something like that for school or for work, and they decide, let's have a meeting about it. And then they say, well, let's have another meeting about it. And then maybe we'll have a meeting about the meeting. And then we can have a meeting for a meeting while the meeting's going on. I mean, this is what I mean by dying in committee. We need to be able to put something into practice while aiming correctly. It's not an all or nothing thing. We, ha- we have a lot of course corrections along the way. But by following in the venerable traditions which came before, we give ourselves valuable guide rails. Guardrails, really. Morality is objective. And the convictions of what has always been true protect us from erring egregiously as we press forward towards the good and the perfect. Without these guardrails, we will fall headlong off a cliff of moral relativism, subjective narcissism, or just abject pride. But the balance gives us this. We must move forward and act. We can't be paralyzed by fear and a desire for everything to be perfect before it's actualized. But we have to constantly refocus our aim at the highest good. It's not as if we simply aim and then go and blindly charge. No, we have to be making course corrections as we go. And for the Christian, this is really where prayer comes in. For those of other faiths and even agnostics, we could call this meditation to some level. But really it's prayer. It's that communion with God. It's being with the perfect. It's refocusing our aim, working hard in humility. Then we can hope to come to the fullness of perfection. And rest assured that if you get there one day, it will not be because of your own solo merit. It will be because of your cooperation with the highest good, who is God. Thanks so much for tuning in to Will Wright Catholic. Uh, It's been a real pleasure doing this episode. I hope that it's been helpful for you. I know that for me, when I was struggling with scrupulosity some years back, Uh, This idea of moving forward, just go forward and then constantly refocus on God and not get stuck in the paralysis of what really amounts to pride was life-changing. It was so important. If this is an episode that has been helpful for you, please consider sharing it with your friends and family to help grow Willowright Catholic. Uh, I believe this platform can do a lot of good because what I'm trying to offer here is good distinctions. 
good distinctions are the spice of life, but they also really help us get to the truth. They help us sort through what is true and what is not true in every claim that we might come across. Uh, So please feel free to share this on your social media or email or text it out to your friends and family. Thanks so much for being with us. New episodes come out every Monday, so we'll see you next week. God bless. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen.